Darkness is not an affirmative force. It simply reoccupies the space vacated by the light. This is the Hamilton Quarter on American Family Radio. It should be uncomfortable for a believer to live as a hypocrite. Delivering people out of the bondage of mainstream media and the philosophies of this world. God has called you and me to be his ambassadors, even in this dark moment. Let's not miss our moment. And now, the Hamilton Quarter. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Hamilton Corner here on American Family Radio. I'm your host, Abraham Hamilton III. Thank you for tuning in wherever you are and however you may be listening all over the country and the world in some instances, whether you are a live radio listener, uh, you are a podcast listener, or you are a, a video streamer, audio streamer, however you're listening, we thank you for doing that. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, joined by, <laughs> what do we call this? <laughs> An extended corner contingent because we have some people down all across for for several reasons. So today, behind the board, we have your friendly recovering neighborhood with a holic. He just told me about some favorable lumber prices. Wish I'd have known about that a little while ago. <laughs> and in the screening room, we we still have double for your trouble. We have Richie Rich joining us again, as well as the doctor, the good doctor, Doctor Youngblood is in the building with us with us as well. And so we're ready to rock and roll. With today's edition of the program, day four of our fast, uh, as we are uh, crying out to the Lord, man, concerning the state of our nation, fasting and praying together, um, taking full advantage of the tools that God has given us uh, in our arsenal as followers of the Messiah. At this very moment, many of you, if not most of you, are making that transition from your part time jobs where you generate an income to your full time jobs where you cultivate an outcome. And as you do so, I want to encourage you to do so with full intentionality. Boy, it's extra shiny today. (laughs) I have natural juices and berries that flow from the boys, you see. (laughs) As you're making your transition, do so with full intentionality, understanding Full well, the primacy that God places on family before you get to an order of prophets, before you get to the thou shalt not to Exodus chapter 20, before you get to monarchs, before you get to modern iterations of civil government, government, the first institution that that God establishes is the family. And in fact, the linchpin or the fulcrum of the family, in fact, is marriage, is marriage. So when we understand the primacy that God places on family, we see That family is central to God's plan for mankind. It is also central to God's plan, God's plan for multi-generational discipleship to transpire within the kingdom of God's economy. So as you make your transition at this very moment, I pray that you do so understanding what it is that you get to participate in. You get the privilege of being a part of executing the Lord's grand plan. For mankind. And my encouragement to you is not or to resist the temptation to allow yourself to be uh, distracted, to be frayed, to where neglecting your home becomes a, a necessary component of doing everything else you're engaged in. But you reverse that and recognize, man, the first place where I have to be faithful is right in my home. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I truly believe if the Lord could get a hold of us in our families, there is no question. No question 
what could happen in our nation. There's no question about that in my mind. Not in the least bit. To the word of God we go. Now we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 60. And I've, I've discussed this verse before. These verses. Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1 through 3. And uh, one of the major reasons why I'm, I'm turning here. I sense the Lord leading me in this direction. Because I've, I've, I get this question often. But I've been getting it more lately. Uh, Abe, how do you stay encouraged? How do you stay um, so so uh, trusting in what in the Lord and His plan and things of that nature? And I have to tell you, um, man, I'm not superhuman. <laughs> I'm a human being just like you all are. Um, but what I endeavor to do is one resist the temptation to complain. <laughs> you know, my brother Will says this all the time. If we prayed as much as we complained. Or take the temptation that we get to complain and fold those over into prayer. Uh, we would have a different internal disposition and we most likely would have a different outlook as well. Because we invite the Lord to wash over our perception of circumstances. It completely revolutionizes the way we perceive them. So I endeavor to put that into practice, man. I don't I don't try to bend people's ear uh, concerning the things that I don't like or I'm complaining about. I, I take them to the Lord first and foremost. Uh, secondarily. I endeavor to live in the Lord's word, uh, to live in the Lord's word. You've heard me say this before. I don't study the scripture to have something cool to come on the radio to say, man, I study the scripture to be transformed. I study the word of God to be confronted by the truth of God's word so that he consistently uh, metamorphose me <laughs> so that I can be more and more like him. And if he sees fit uh, to utilize any of that publicly, well, glory to God for his wondrous works. Uh, but I seek the Lord through his word to be transformed that I may know him. I never want to be a person that is more moved by God's benefit than by his presence. <laughs> I never want to be a person that's more moved by God's benefits than I am by his person. You know, if you recall when you have Moses uh, heading towards Exodus chapter 30, 31, 30, 30, 32 and 33, um, it gets to a certain point as the one who is the promised deliverer, the fulfillment of the prophecy granted uh, to Abram, who becomes Abraham so many centuries before. And, and Moses comes to the place and says, Lord, if you don't come with us to the promised land, I don't want to go. Because you are more precious to me, even than living in the fulfillment of what you have promised. Man, that is that is powerful stuff. And so these are these are things that I seek to employ on a regular basis. And when I'm just like you. And many of you know, I, I look into the foolishness to joy every single day. It's part of my job to look at the gross underbelly of humanity on a regular basis. Uh, the only way, the only way that I can live is by uh, abiding, as, as Jesus said to us, abide in him, abiding in his word. And so it is through, through that investment, and I'm not trying to f sit here in front like I do that perfectly, but that is my uh, endeavor on a daily basis. And even when I miss it, I bring that to him. I bring that to the Lord. And so I want to go back to this in Isaiah chapter 60. Uh, because the word of God, man, has answers to every issue we can ask. He, we have direct instruction or we have principles and applications for every issue that could arise. The Lord has answers for us in his word. Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1 through 3. This is what the word of God says through the prophet Isaiah, arise, shine, for your light has come, 
and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness or thick darkness, the peoples. But the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising or the brightness of your dawn. Hmm. Lord, thank you for your word. So here you have the Lord ministering through the prophet Isaiah, discussing or conferring with his remnant covenant people. This phenomenon, the principle has application for the Lord's remnant covenant people in the year of our Lord, 2023. The Lord is conferring with his remnant covenant people and actually conveying to them. It's It's not a dialogue at this juncture. And he tells his remnant covenant people to arise and shine. Why? For your light has come. This is an event that has already transpired. This is an Old Testament prefiguring of regeneration under the new covenant. Arise and shine because your light has already come. Your light has come. And the glory, (laughs) the kavod of God, the weightiness, the splendor, the going public of his holiness the scripture says of the Lord has risen upon you again. This is past tense, something that has already transpired in the new Testament. The scripture describes Jesus as the exact representation of his nature. (laughs) Mm. Now this statement is made of first instance, and then it's followed by an assessment of the conditions in which God's covenant remnant, remnant covenant people are to arise and shine and in light of the reasoning for their rising and shining because the going public of God's holiness has already arisen upon you. And I've explained before that word arisen comes from the Hebrew word Zarak. We'll get to that in a moment. Let me get to verse two. He says, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth. Now, isn't it amazing that the Lord identifies the fact that you remnant covenant people are to arise and shine? Hmm. Because the glory has already arisen upon you. But the context of this arising and shining is darkness covering the earth. I've explained before, this is a generalized darkness that is endemic, culture-wide. A generalized darkness. And then if that's not enough for you, the second half of verse 2, and thick darkness to people. Explained before, there's a generalized darkness. Public darkness that proliferates. Then there's a specified palpable thick darkness that has darkened the minds of the people. All of this is the context in which God's covenant remnant people are to arise and shine. So just to say it simply, darkness is not an occasion for those of us who are in the light to hide out like we're not in the light. In fact, it's almost as if the Lord so readied himself for the darkness that you know what? I got lamps for that. I got torchbearers for that. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the people. But this is a conjunction that is a contrasting and a negation of the previous instance that occurred before the utilization of the conjunction. Though there's darkness generally and, 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 and ubiquitous in the world and there's gross darkness of the peoples, the mentality, the minds of people are darkened. You have crazy things like grown men who happen to be mayors who get busted with 56 counts of child pornography. 
We'll get to that in a moment. Crazy things like two dudes, homosexual men in Atlanta, adopt two special needs children and abuse them for years. This is kind of gross darkness we're talking about. But the Lord, here we go, will arise upon you. Now, wait a minute. Didn't you say it already happened? (laughs) Yes. So what does this will happen in a future sense? (laughs) This is an arising of the light to present a a, a presentation for those in the darkness surrounding. And the scripture specifically, specifically says, but the Lord will Zarok is the Hebrew word upon you. It's like a geyser bursting forth through fallow ground. It is an explosive um, ascendancy that cannot be contained and cannot be denied. And in the midst of this darkness is what the Lord says about his covenant remnant people that the Lord will arise upon you and will be the consequences of this. And his glory, the same glory that's already risen upon you shall be, here's the Hebrew word ra'ah, shall be seen upon you. The word ra'ah doesn't mean perceived with the optic lenses for the first time. It means perceived with revelatory insight. That in the darkness, the Lord has positioned his torchbearers, his carriers of his light in the midst of darkness. So that in the midst of all of this, that his glory arises upon you and he makes it evident. He makes it evident. And what are the consequences of this glory made evident? Verse three, and nations will come to your light. The Hebrew word there is goi, which means peoples, many peoples and kings to the brightness of your rising. What I'm saying, brothers and sisters, is that, yes, I understand that it's dark out. Yes, I understand the context that we're living in. But do we need to remember? Don't we need to remember that it is he who determined aforetime the boundaries of our habitation and when we would live? Don't allow the darkness to rebuff you from being who he called you to be. Remember Acts 1.8, you shall be endued with power to be my witnesses. Witnessing is not an activity, it is a state of being. It is a state of operable identity. As a result of us being witnesses, we do various activities, evangelize, disciple make, stand firm on all these other things. But make no mistake about it, we are endued with power by Holy Spirit indwelling us for function a function. The times that we are in have been ordained for us. Ordained for us. Let's not allow them to intimidate us away from being his ambassadors, man. Light up the darkness, not in our own right, but just as the moon reflects the light from the sun, so are we to reflect the light of the S-O-N. The written word of God is unique uplifting and empowering book pastor joseph parker the word of god is alive it's pregnant with the ability to bless us it's a book filled with grace it's a source a container a vessel of grace and every day god's question to each one of us is how much do you want the word of god is christ and christ is the word of god when you read the word of god the lord jesus christ is speaking to you He's pouring himself into your mind, body, and spirit. When we read the Word of God, Christ is touching our lives. And as we read the Word of God, he's bringing healing and wholeness to our lives in every part of our lives. One of the most fruitful and wise habits we can start in our lives is the habit of reading and spending time in God's Word every single day. Find encouraging blogs from Pastor Joseph at afa.net slash the stand. 
God made His design for marriage and family absolutely clear. Unfortunately, Satan has a totally opposite view. The Marriage Family Life Conference 2023 wants to restore God's plan. July 6th through the 8th at the Cadence Bank Arena and Conference Center in Tupelo, Mississippi, strengthen your marriage and your family with Miki Addison. The family, God's tool to advance the gospel and grow the church. This is why the enemy attacks it so much. Israel Wayne. The latest government statistics say dads spend 19 minutes a day with their children, and the average mom spends an hour a day. We have to have time with them. Stephen Black. This lust, this inordinate desire, actually brings destruction to everyone around. How do you know this? Because I used to be homosexual. And many more. The Youth Apologetics track is back as well. The Marriage Family Life Conference 2023. For His Glory Alone. Register today at marriagefamilylife.net. In churches, and a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, is now available for church screenings and events. Every person in America needs to see this. And all pastors need to show this to the church, get the people informed. If the church and Jesus isn't the answer, where's the world going? We want the message of the film to touch as many hearts and lives as possible. And we'd love to join with you to bring the film to your community. So let's say you have a small group or your church, or we've even been bringing the film into some prisons. We want to partner with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit and it's completely free and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event. To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the host an event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. Shining light into the darkness. This is the Hamilton Corner on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Hamilton Corner. Abraham Hamilton III here. I know I've said this to you guys before, but man, there's never been, never been a time in the history of the Lord's Church where the gospel has um, not been opposed vehemently. There's never been a time. There's never been a time. We have our opportunity today as members of the Lord's Bride in the 21st century to carry the baton of faithfulness in our day and our age. We have this opportunity, man. Don't allow the darkness to, to back you down or to back you up. Stand firm and stand fast. And be salt and light. All right. April 19th through the 23rd. Truth for a new generation. In Paris, Tennessee. The theme of Dr. Alex McFarland's conference in Paris, Tennessee is truth matters. Truth matters. Because truth matters. <laughs> you are invited to join us, because I'll be there along with a host of uh, powerful brothers and sisters as we uh, contend for the faith. Uh, the Tennessee Valley Community Church will be the host for the conference. Uh, I am really, really looking forward to this time here, um, articulating the truth of God's word, uh, which is going over um, some of the things that, that I have prepared, because I, I never want to go to a place and, and share something I've shared somewhere else just because I've done it. You know, I really endeavor to seek the Lord to see what the Lord may have me to share wherever he uh, gives me an opportunity uh, to be his ambassador. And so I'm grateful to God that as is his custom, (laughs) 
He leads by his spirit. And I, I am so excited uh, to share that. There will be some things I haven't shared publicly before. So I'm um, looking forward to doing that. In order to register for the conference, you can go to alexmcfarland.com slash conferences. alexmcfarland.com slash conferences. And as we get closer to July, we're going to be talking more about the Marriage Family Life Conference, the American Family Association's Marriage Family Life, Family Life Conference, uh, and the Youth Apologetics Track. Um, we've talked about this before, uh, but the world is offering uh, children a robust systematic theology. <laughs> now, they're not offering them a theology in the study of God of the Bible as he's revealed himself in Scripture. They are offering a systematic theology in, in the idolatrous God of self. But make no mistake about it, it is being presented to children in our country as a comprehensive worldview and systematized theological framework. In too many instances, we in the body of Christ are offering our children graham crackers and apple juice. And when little Junior Juniette says, but, but, but mommy, I've, but now how does this work? How does this fit? Because in school they had said, and then mommy and daddy said, oh, just trust God, baby. Creating a chasm for doubt to get a foothold. The scripture says that we are to always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. Always. Even when little Junior Juniette comes with those inconvenient questions. And one of the things I'm learning as a parent, I have learned and I continue to learn, that you can't pre-program poignant moments of discipleship. (laughs) I had one the other night. uh, I'm trying to sleep. You know, if you know anything about me, I, I go to bed relatively early and I wake up very early in the mornings. I'm trying to go to bed and my, my second daughter, my second youngest daughter, my six-year-old, she came to me and said, she whispering, Daddy, are you up? Am I up? What is your malfunction, child? You don't see these eyes closed? She said, Daddy, I can't sleep. Can't sleep. I said, I said yeah, 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 I'm, I'm up, baby. What's going on? You know what she said to me? Daddy, I can't stop thinking about the two thieves on the cross next to Jesus. What? Girl, do you see what time it is? Zero dark thirty. You can't wait in the morning. She said, "I can't sleep. I'm, I'm just, I can't stop thinking about both of them." Because you have the one guy. Look, she just goes in. Now, you have to know my daughter. Know her. she, she, she's six, but yeah, I don't believe in reincarnation. None of that foolishness. But this child act like she's been here before. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, she does. I'm trying. She said, Daddy, the thing that I can't shake is that it seems like, based on how the Bible tells it, this is what she says, that both of the thieves really had the same opportunity. What, child? Then she said, Dad, Dad, can I climb in the bed with you? No. By this time, you know, I'm, I'm open. Maria's out like a log. I mean, she is out. Like this morning, I was doing stuff on a ladder in the house. Like, Did you hear me making all noise? You're like, no, I didn't hear that making that noise. She was out. She said, Daddy, they both had the same opportunity. Both of them. And then one of them, not only did he not accept the fact that he was next to God on the cross, he tried to mock God. And God didn't say anything to him, but the other thief defended God. That's what she said. She said, you know what that made me realize, Daddy? 
that no matter how long it takes, as long as you're still breathing, you still could have a chance. I said, baby, you didn't have a question, didn't you? She said, no, I just, I just had a statement. That's what she said. <laughs> I had a statement because we were going through the questions and statements. I just had a statement. She said, but I just can't stop thinking about it. And then here you have the one. He's next to God on the cross, and he missed heaven just to try to be mean. I said, baby, you're so right. And today, people deceived, put themselves in a position of hard-heartedness to such a degree, well, they'll miss heaven just in an effort to, to be mean or to mock a Christian. I said, is that it? She said, yeah, that's it. And she said, can we pray for people who are not saved? I said, yeah, baby, let's pray. We prayed, and then she nestled up next to me, and we went to sleep. But my point in saying all of that was, man, you can't pre-program that. And I found quality of time gives rise to quality of time. But you can't pre-program those moments of discipleship. So that's, that's my six-year-old daughter. <laughs> like she's been here before. She hasn't, but. I'm telling you, I, I should just one day I'm just let her come sit here and let y'all hear the stuff that she <laughs> has to say. <laughs> All right, man. Praise God. Now, this happened Tuesday. A little bit of foolishness du jour. I didn't mean to take all of that. All of that time talking about my baby girl. Now I'm not trying to front here like it's all it's always like that. It's not always like that. There's sometimes, you know, when I, I, I tell my, my wife, I said, oh, they're just giving us opportunity to show them how much we love them. You know, the Bible says, those whom you love, who you, you chasing, right? You know, we're going to bust that tail tonight. We get an opportunity to show them how much we love them. Because sometimes, woo hoo 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 Boy, I'm telling you, when I say it's a full-time job, it is. Disciple making is a full-time job. Full-time job. It's the truth. But all right. Foolishness to sure. Well, Tuesday, some people, what you say, Dr. Youngblood did it, not me. He said Beetlejuice. I didn't say that. He said that, not me. He's like, you the one who got the microphone, Abe. <laughs> Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> she lost her reelection bid, mayor of Chicago. Uh, there were nine candidates for the office of mayor in Chicago. And Lori Lightfoot only received 16.4% of the vote, which put her outside of the realm of the runoff. Two candidates, Paul Vallis, Chicago Public Schools head, former Chicago Public Schools head, and the Cook County Commissioner, Brandon Johnson, both beat out uh, Lori Lightfoot. Vallis took home 35% of the vote, and Johnson garnered 20.2% of the vote. There will be a runoff in Chicago on April 4th. Now, Lori Lightfoot has made all manner of missteps. Uh, even in the run-up to this election this t- Tuesday, she even said, well, if y'all don't vote for me, you don't need to vote. <laughs> like, oh, really? That, that's that's what we're doing in the neighborhood? <laughs> Mr. Rogers ain't in this neighborhood. If, you, if you're not going to vote for me, don't vote. Like, what, 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 what is going on here? Now, just a couple of the lowlights of Lori Lightfoot's term as mayor of Chicago. 
under Lori Lightfoot, Chicago recorded 695 murders at the end of 2022. 695. That's almost 700 in 2022. Following 2021, where 804 people were murdered in Chicago. You have about 1,500 people murdered in that city in two years. In addition to that, the city saw more than 20,000 cases of theft in 2022, which was nearly double the amount of theft incidents in 2021, according to the Chicago Police Department's end-of-year report. In the first three weeks of 2023, crime rates, crime rates in Chicago have skyrocketed by 61% compared to 2023. Yet, yet... Oh, man, I'm telling you, this this is this is rich. Lori Lightfoot blames her reelection loss on. Well, I'll just let you hear her words directly. I'm not not a quote. I don't want to injure you that badly. I mean, not a clip. I'll just read the transcript for you uh, where Lori Lightfoot says people just don't want to see a black woman in leadership. I'm a black woman. Let's not forget. Hold it. That the thing. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> so so we're gonna act like the people of Chicago didn't just elect you. <laughs> if the issue that the Chicago voters had with Lori Lightfoot is that they didn't want a black woman in leadership, do you think that would have voted for her in the first place? That's what I want to know. I just said, I mean, I mean, wasn't she up for re-election? That means she was going up for it again, right? I mean, that would be the second time. Maybe my mathematics is wrong. That, that's what she blamed it on. It has nothing to do with nearly 1,500 people being killed in two years. Nothing to do with that. Not, not, not at all. That has nothing to do with it. She left out the part that one of the people who made it into the runoff exactly campaigned on that point that Crime has gotten out of control under Lori Lightfoot. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because, frankly, I'm sick and tired of people being being able to pull out the Antonio Gramsci cultural Marxist card for everything. I mean, it rained today. It must be because you're a minority. I mean, I stubbed my toe. It must be because the, the Legos are discriminating against my toes. I mean, what is going on here? And and, and and the problem with this little Beetlejuice who cried wolf approach to these issues, Lori Lightfoot putting her ethnicity as the reason why she didn't get re-elected, is it because it erodes public sensitivity to true instances of injustice and skin color-based partiality. Like, it can't be everything. The people of Chicago elected you the first time, ma'am. What are you talking about? It could it, you have no room in your calculus for the fact that you didn't do a good job. And the people of Chicago using their rights as citizens decided, you know what? I think we want to hire somebody else for that job. I mean, you have an opportunity to lose graciously. But no, but no, you know, you, you, you pull it out, you know, and, you know, Lori Lightfoot was the first. Uh, black woman mayor, first lesbian mayor in Chicago, did all of that. 
But now, that's the reason why the same people who elected her the first time, they didn't re-elect her. Just ridiculous. Now, the people who beat her, they're no beacons of constitutional sanity. And it just it just shows that in some of these places, just like my hometown of New Orleans, Louisiana, where you have had nothing but Democrats serve for over a century in local mayoral office and not not in not unanimously. Yeah, almost unanimously. Yeah, no, no. Unanimously on the city council as well. At some point, y'all have to realize it's the policies. <laughs> it's the policies. But she couldn't resist. Could not resist saying that, oh, the reason why that they didn't, the reason why they didn't vote for me is because of my ethnicity. She didn't say ethnicity. Y'all know what she said. But it's just, it's ridiculous. Now, there are many people in Chicago, they're dancing like uh, the people on The Wizard of Oz. The Wicked Witch is dead. Not literally, but a political time as mayor of the city of Chicago. Um. If I lived in Chicago, I would vote for somebody else, too. But I wouldn't have voted for Lori Lightfoot in the first place. So I hope the people in Chicago would wise up and realize, man, these policies make a difference. The policies make a difference. All right, moving on. I'm going to get off Beetlejuice. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's what you remind me of. This this story is uh, heartbreaking. Um, I I'm not going to be able to finish it, but I'll guess I'll start this story. This next story has to do do with the now former mayor of College Park, Maryland, a man by the name of Patrick Wojohn, who has been in public office for over 16 years. First serving as a member of the city council since 2007. Then in 2015, Patrick Wojohn ran for and was elected mayor of College Park, Maryland. Following a police investigation last week, this week, Patrick Wojohn served his notice of resignation from the mayorship of College Park, Maryland. When we come back on the other side of the break, I'll tell you why. And we will open the phone line. So if you want to join the program, you're welcome to do so. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. Um, this Wojohn story is heartbreaking. Um, but there's a larger point based on this story that I'd like to make. American Family Studios was started back in 2011 as a way to advance the Christian worldview into an increasingly media-rich culture. Media is like such a powerful tool to communicate the gospel. I love writing stories, getting in my office, and just thinking, how can we portray this concept of who God's character is? And to get to use the gifts that God has given me is really a joy. AmericanFamilyStudios.net I run it down, I missed the last two steps. 
and I fell and broke my back. And I did not have to have surgery. Have you ever been encouraged by AFR? I tell you, it's a miracle how that was. Whether it's a life-changing event or just a helpful voice in your day, we'd like to hear how AFR has been there for you. Call 877-876-8893 and tell us your story. That's 877-876-8893. Praise the Lord and thank God for AFR. Revival. This is David Wheaton, host of The Christian Worldview. The word revival doesn't appear in Scripture, and yet there were times in the Bible and in history when Christians and churches revived spiritually. God used strong preaching of the Word to bring about repentance, increased holiness, and non-believers coming to saving faith in Christ. The Reformation in Europe and the Great Awakening in America are two such examples. The psalmist prayed, Will you not yourself revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Our earnest prayer should be for revival within our hearts, churches, and across our land, knowing that God can overcome any darkness. Hear our most recent program on revival, where we also discuss what is taking place at Asbury University at thechristianworldview.org, and then tune in this weekend for part two. Listen to The Christian Worldview with David Wheaton, Saturday mornings at 8 Central on American Family Radio. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes, live from CPAC. Stand by for news and commentary next. Take advantage of the warmer weather and come explore Liberty University's campus, ranked number four best college campus in America by Niche.com. Join us for Experience LU, an all-day event that shows off our dorm rooms, classrooms, and award-winning dining hall. Or, if you're short on time, attend a four-hour student-led campus tour to hit the highlights. To learn more or schedule your visit to Liberty University, text visit LU to 49596. Again, that's visit LU to 49596. The Super Bowl of conservative politics is underway in our nation's capital today. CPAC kicking off with a panel hosted by yours truly, featuring members of the House Freedom Caucus. A who's who of conservative stars will be speaking, including former President Trump and former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. But it's who's not speaking or attending that's making headlines. Former Vice President Mike Pence a no-show, and so is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Both men are expected to run for the White House in 2024. So it's puzzling why they would snub one of the most influential gatherings of conservatives in the country. And it's especially odd for Governor DeSantis, who has faced withering criticism over his ties to establishment Republicans like Jeb Bush. Not attending CPAC is not a deal breaker, but if DeSantis wants to win hearts and minds, he needs to be hanging out at CPAC, not with Jeb Bush. From Washington, I'm Todd Starnes. The Hamilton Quarter Podcast and One Minute Commentaries are available at AFR.net. Back to the Hamilton Quarter on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Hamilton Corner, Abraham Hamilton III. We will open the phone lines this segment. If you'd like to join the program, you're welcome to do so. The number to call is 888-589-8840. That number again is 888-589-8840. I forgot to tell you guys when we were discussing the Lori Lightfoot story that she became the, the Windy City, the first incumbent mayor in Chicago to lose re-election in 40 years. That gives you an idea of just how done the people of Chicago were with her. They had not reelected an incumbent mayor in 40 years. She wasn't just bad. She was all time bad. According to the people of Chicago. Now, getting back to this 
and honestly, guys, this is a terrible story out of College Park, Maryland. Mayor Patrick Wojohn uh, resigned from his position as the mayor because he was found in possession of what ultimately became 56 counts of child pornography. You see, Patrick Wojohn is an open homosexual man. And again, he served as city council member, as a city council member for eight years before running for mayor. On February 17th, 2023, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children notified the Prince George George's Police Department that a social media account operating in the county possessed and distributed suspected child pornography. The image and videos had been uploaded to the social media account in January of 2023. Through various investigative technique, techniques, police officers discovered that the social media account belonged to Mayor Wojohn. On February 28th, 2023, Prince George Police Department detectives served a search warrant at Wojohn's College Park home. Investigators recovered multiple cell phones, a storage device, a tablet, and a computer. Following additional investigation, the police obtained criminal charges against Wojohn, and the investigators took him into custody. He was then charged with 40 counts of possession of child exploitative material and 16 counts of distribution of child exploitative material. He's now in the custody of the Department of Corrections. Upon his arrest, uh, police read Wojohn his Miranda rights, but he waived his Miranda rights and confessed to police officers that the social media account was in fact his. Now I want you to think about this. 16 years in public service. I don't know for sure if this is the case, but do you think Wojohn just arrived in 2023 and just started dabbling in this stuff? See the ugly little secret That's not a secret. It's actually open. You've had people who have worked feverishly, and and I'm not saying everybody. But there is a consistent, a pernicious and consistent reality that there seems to be a connection between sexual deviancy and child predation. In this instance, thankfully, As far as we know, this is limited to images. I don't have any facts to say that there there were children abused by this mayor in person. But when people like me come on the radio and come on the television and, and come on different outlets and I say. What has been a kind of gross underbelly of society and don't don't let it let people know that. You know, homosexual men have a penchant for young young boys, young children. Don't say that out loud. I'm not saying every single one. I'm not saying that. But there is a consistent and re- repetitive, pernicious reality of that re- that fact. And I'm not talking about just based on studies. I'm talking about knowing people directly. All right. People don't want to talk about how lots of men who become homosexual men are those who have been abused as children. There was a big PR campaign through the mental health uh, apparatus in the country, the American Psychiatric Association, American Psychological Association, to try to distinguish homosexuality from people who have been abused. 
But when you look down into it, you see that this seems to be a repetitive phenomenon. And at the exact same time, you have people like Patrick Wojohn being arrested for this kind of foolishness. We have the society allowing things like drag queen story hours. Where you have increasingly debauched and lewd events taking place in the presence of children. And I am sharing this story with you to simply ask the rhetorical question, what will it take for us to wake up in a broad manner? What will it take? What will it take? Yeah, people fighting for the rights to sexualize children in official legislation. You have people saying, oh, yeah, I'm a teacher, but yeah, I'm a teacher, but my pronouns are like, like what? what? Why do you feel the need to declare your pronouns in front of eight-year-olds, seven-year-olds, six-year-olds, five-year-olds? What, what, what are we doing as a society? I'll tell you what we're doing. <laughs> There's a mass operation of child abuse. I talked about it earlier this week. As it pertains to the medical apparatus, and I'm talking about it now in terms of the functional apparatus. I will never forget, years ago, I read a book called The Scarlet Lady, written by a former abortionist, a woman by the name of Carol Everett. I've now had the privilege uh, to meet this dear sister. She became a Christian, and uh, she now is a passionate uh, warrior for preserving the sanctity of human life, human life, especially as uh, it comes in the form of unborn children. Carol Everett detailed in her book, she used to be, she was an Abby Johnson before Abby Johnson, how she owned a Planned Parenthood, uh, an, an abortion-providing facility, and she revealed her strategy because she, she soon became the highest-earning abortion provider uh, in her area. And her strategy was that she sought to get Sex ed taught in public schools at earlier grades to the youngest groups of children she could possible. Her strategy was the earliest we can introduce children to the ideas of sex, the sooner they will participate in them. And if we have the opportunity to perform an abortion on a girl at a younger age, we have a greater opportunity for her to become a repeat client. This is in the book. You can read, get the book and read it for yourself. Well, by God's grace, it's sick. It's sick. By God's grace, the Lord saved Carol Everett. She repented of her sin and now fights for the sanctity of, of life, especially in including the unborn human life. Do you think, just as Carol Everett, when she was unregenerate, unsaved, and she arrived at that wicked demonic strategy, do you think others don't understand? Children at these young ages, they ain't thinking about sex. But they will if you're saying, hey, my pronouns are. Five-year-olds ain't worrying about sex unless somebody introduces them to these ideas. And you have a full court press of society sexualizing children. And then we discover mayors and others have a penchant for child pornography. Coincidence? I don't think so. I don't think so. You study the history of this rebellious movement. You know, society now celebrates people like Harvey Milk. The man was a pedophile. A pedophile. But he's celebrated as a paragon of the so-called LGBTQ movement. Are we going to deny the fact that some of the most passionate participants in early so-called gay pride parades were groups like NAMBLA? 
the National Association of Man Boy Love. But shh, 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 don't talk about that. Don't talk. I'm, this is in the seventies, sixties and seventies. What has historically been oh, shh, 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 shh. these things are happening in plain sight. But you become a bigot if you dare attempt to connect the dots. I'm saying that we don't have the luxury of turning a blind eye. But that will go to the phone lines. We'll start in Pennsylvania where John is on the line. John, thank you for calling the Hamilton Corner. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Abe. I am really nauseated after what you just spoke. I want to cry. I feel pretty children. But my uh, point to make was, uh, as you recall, I believe it was the last election that Biden ran in or the first one where he made that statement. Uh, I can't remember the exact one, but it's, uh, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Well, and he's like a tone. Oh, that's remember that? oh, I remember that very well. That's exactly what he said, John. He was on that Breakfast Club show. And that's literally what he said. If you don't vote for me. You ain't black. Now you have Lori Smallfoot saying, if you don't vote for me, then don't vote at all. It's pretty interesting how they like to uh, dominate how you utilize your voting franchise. Isn't that interesting? But, John, thank you for your call and uh, your comments. We'll go next to Tennessee where Kathy is on the line. Kathy, thank you for calling the Hamilton Corner. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you. It's uh, good to talk with you. I just have, I would like to address the Lightfoot uh, conversation and, and asked her, what color was she when she got elected? Has she changed her color? If the only reason that she, she didn't get elected was her color. Mm, there you well, go. Confusing us with facts again, Kathy. Don't do that. Don't confuse us with facts. And look, in this day and age, she might say she might, well, who knows? She might be trans melanin. You know what I mean? If Rachel Dolezal and Rachel Swarovski, Raquel, her mama says she's Rachel, but she adopted the moniker of Raquel. Who knows? She might have said, well, the first time around, I wasn't. And then, ta-da! You see, now nah, they don't like me no more. <laughs> that's, that's the exact same idea. I'm like, how are, you, how are you going to say that there is a there is a characteristic of yours that is an immutable characteristic of your ethnicity and your skin color is depicted by your melanin and you got elected the first time by these very same people. But now, oh, they don't want me no more because it is with my skin. I mean, come on, man, please. So thank you for your call and your comments. We'll go next to Kansas where Christy is on the line. Christy, thank you for calling the Hamilton Corner. Welcome to the program. Thank you. This morning I was listening to AFA and I heard a story about Kansas and um, they were talking about uh, our school district um, in Wichita where I work and my husband used to teach um, giving teacher training that misgendering students could lead to death and they work with students um, to develop gender support plans which is really a way for them to ask students gender identity behind the backs of their parents so that they can come to school and pretend to be the opposite sex if they want to during the day and hide it from parents. Um, and I know this is happening in other districts across the country, and I would just advise listeners to um, get on their school's website and just search gender support plan. This was news to me, and it's, it's pretty disgusting. Well said. Well said. Thank you, 
Kathy, for your call and your comments. It's true. I mean, how many stories do we have to cover to say to encourage every parent must be vigilant? We must be vigilant. And one more caller. This will be our last one for the day. Uh, we'll go to Louisiana next where Autry is on the line. Autry, thank you for calling the Hamilton Corner. Welcome to the program. Hey, thank you, my brother. As always, hey, man, appreciate you for what you do, for keeping it real for the saints, man, and letting us know what, what the biblical worldview is supposed to be. Mm. But you were absolutely right about uh, homosexuality and its deviance, but it goes deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they did a survey on the men in prison who were uh, in jail for violent crime against women, uh, you know, they, they, they linked it to, one, some of them were abused when they were young. Mm-hmm. Two, um, it got into pornography, mm-hmm. and it led to violence against women and and children. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's what it is. The homosexual community they realize full well what they're doing, because homosexuality is not natural. So mm-hmm. what they do is they're making recruits, mm-hmm. and they're starting with the young because they're the most vulnerable. Mm. Well said, Autry. Well said. I mean, that is available for those who want to look, uh, but there's a concerted effort to. Uh, Conceal the truth in order to continue the proliferation of this hypersexualization of our culture to where, as the scripture says in Romans 1, they refuse to retain God and knowledge and turn and burn with lust in themselves, doing what is unnatural, or as King James says, working that which is unseemly, receiving in ourselves, receiving in themselves the due penalty for their sin. Last thing I'll say, uh, this was a bit of encouraging news. The House uh, GOP caucus revealed H.R. 5 today, which is a parental bill of rights. The five pillars of the parental bill of rights is that parents have a right to know what's being taught in schools and to see the reading material. Parents have a right to be heard. Parents have a right to see the school budget and spending. Parents have a right to their protect their child's privacy. And parents have to have a right to be updated on any violent activity at the school. I would probably prefer a few more things to be added in there, uh, but this is a good start. Uh, by God's grace, guys, don't let the darkness overcome you, but as Christ's ambassadors, let's be vessels of His light. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.